I killed Hitler. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. another episode of supernatural i am your host thomas cowley joined with me is ryan denton what up and michael flores who has nothing to say does he ever have anything to say (laughs) guys i'm going to apologize right away i know we had to move the show around a little bit for our traditional live listeners Uh, i was sick which might explain if i sound a little weird i'm gonna say it's still because i'm sick yeah yeah what'd you have the hiv yeah that was it i had mcleod (laughs) i had mcleod it's a serious condition. <laughs> you got Cleo'd? Yeah, I did. Oh, God. I didn't know you turned that into a drop. Might be the greatest thing I've ever heard. McLeod. Oh, come on. You knew he was ready for that. McLeod. Amazing is what it is. So I want to apologize if I sound weird and congested because I'm sick and I, I have a uh, bird flu. So, guys, if today Zika. we're talking about episode McLeod. <laughs> we're talking about McLeod in season 12, episode 13, Family Feud. And before we'll get into it with the discussion, but I just want to say... I want us to go back, or I'd, I'd love if fans would, just because then I I don't have to do it, but <laughs> to go back throughout our Crossroads episodes yeah. and see the things that we predict or say, this is so, how they're going to do it, this is how it should be done, you're, and then have a total tally so I can then submit a legal form. So you're expecting someone to go back through hours and hours and hours of us talking like dumbasses to figure out and to basically pump up your ego on how many things you got right. Well, if you're going to do it anyway. I'm you not know, doing it. Not, not you. Shit, you guys wanted to do a four-hour show, and I I asked that. We had people that we were going to listen, though. Yeah, two people. So maybe in the summertime, I'll get someone to do it. Yeah, like let's. I'll probably s- do it myself and, at this but, point. Okay, let's but if, if we're it. going to, you know, ask people to listen to the show and then blow us afterwards by telling <laughs> us how right we are, then it wouldn't be fair. Also, all the times we were wrong as well. That yeah, kind of yeah, that, that is true. I mean, we do the things we get right, we nail on the head. We get it <laughs> right. Hey, um, and the things we get wrong, we eh, fuck up bad. Yeah, but they're good ideas. They we should get points. We should point for that. It's no different than Bobby on DC on CW. Who and what show? Yeah, that, that show, that <laughs> other show that I'm on. McLeod. He has great ideas and spe- McLeod. Yes, he has great ideas and he speculates, but then they're like 98 percent wrong. So, well, I, I mean, if that's maybe that's why I'll do it. That way, I won't have the tally of the times we're wrong. I'll just have the, yeah, we were right this many times and we were never wrong. Why don't you happened. keep track starting this season? It's easy. Let's start this. Season. I, I could do that. Yeah, it's not because you idea. have that little that little uh, your own little John Winchester journal that you keep <laughs> with you writing notes. Maddie, uh, Maddie called us out and said we're more wrong than we are right. Hey, simmer okay. down there, Maddie. You're yeah, wrong. You don't calm tell down. people that. Come on, you calm down there. No, but we we had a little bit of a premonition again <laughs> this week with Lucifer and Crowley's lair and the whole bit with that. 
in the first couple minutes, I was surprised that that was the first thing we had. Although I will say I was happy about that, that we didn't have to wait two episodes to find out after that, not cliffhanger, but like really fucking intense end is stuck in the middle with you. Yeah. I was glad we didn't have to wait a couple weeks for that. But it's definitely kind of evident this season we have to change our expectations a little bit, I feel. We, it's almost like we have to wait, I'll give them a couple episodes to see if they explain oh, something. Oh, we do, Thomas? I know, oh right? Oh my god. You mean we gotta be patient? Yeah, I know, it's tough for us, I know that. Because, you know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna backtrack a bit here on, contradict myself from Uh-oh. earlier in the season, here we go. and we were, and I'm not saying they were in the right, necessarily, there were some mistakes that they made, I think, early in the season, ultimately, but also at the same time, Dab could be trying to change the pacing of the show, do something a little slightly different. And here we are, you know, bitching for a couple weeks where we don't understand. I think it was somewhere between Lotus and what the midseason. Yeah. Yeah. It's between, the, I think, the midseason break is where we started complaining a bit. But I mean, to be fair, Dab is seems to be getting the story going a lot faster than Carver did when he took over. He's definitely getting his dab on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> What is that? Is that a joke? I like it. Thanks. It works. No, I agree. I think do you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, think about let's let's tr- do let's trace back to Carver's run in his first installment in season eight. And even though ultimately I think season eight ended on a very high high note, I think it took him a lot longer to get his you know to get rolling. Yeah. A- and Dab seems to be on track now, right? I would agree with that. I'd, I'd say at least. A hell of a lot more on track than we thought at the midseason finale. And, right. I, I, and in hindsight, I kind of do think that eight episodes really did hurt them more than we would have thought. Had that gone to 10 or or even like half the season, 11, that probably would have helped a lot more. I think ultimately the decision, I, I think ultimately a Lotus wasn't a powerful episode. It was arguably weak. Yeah, I'd I still agree with that. And um, and also the fact that they went to winter break a whole week early and yeah i mean that sounds like we're being a little supernatural babies but a whole week obviously means something well not even as supernatural <laughs> it, it, fans, it does but, matter a full yeah, week of, of a long of, time a man. full week of story a development was missing before we go to break that does if you look back at past seasons a lot of times that final that ninth episode or 10th episode that we've gotten is very vital to maintaining the pacing of the season and helping the viewers look ahead at what's next. Right. Right. Yeah. You need that. It's like cutting out 15 minutes of a movie and just, oh, yeah, it's fine. You don't need to see it. Right. That's OK. Maybe that's occasionally right. Oh, but I, I had a girlfriend be. that I dated that was like, oh, it's OK. Wait, we're, just, we're just going to miss the previews in the opening five minutes. I was like, yeah, we're never going to be together again. <laughs> Those opening five minutes and previews are important in we'll any, just re- in any relationship. Uh, dude, I, that, you're no joke on that. You can judge someone by if they get to the movie like 10 to 15 minutes early or you get to the movie like as the credits are st- like the previews are starting. Look. Look, chick, we need to get there. <laughs> Look, chick, we need to get there so I can see that Star Wars trailer. I've seen twelve times. Presuming okay. a girl would go with you. Um, Look, chick. Wow, <laughs> that's funny, Thomas. With that attitude. Well, hey, I, I, you know, last time I shaved, my girlfriend didn't say she would fuck me, so oh, I don't blame okay, her. I look horrifying. Right. Ooh, what's up? Throwing the big ones out. I look horrifying. Hey, according to some listeners, Ryan is the eye candy of the show. That is true. Yeah, like all what three of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's still more in my court. Shave that smelly <laughs> oh. beard, and I think she'd change your mind. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Yeah, there's definitely more in, in Thomas's car. I mean, Thomas has a freaking nickname. McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was well-timed. Oh, you bastard. Dude, it's, 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 it's probably one of my favorite things. That was good. No, that was Well, good. the reason being is because there's like on his computer, there's a like million at least Ryan a drops. million Ryan drops. And now we finally have one of Thomas, which makes me happy because I feel like it's going to get overused <laughs> and it's going to be great. Oh, well. I do think that only having eight episodes did screw it up, but I do yeah. agree Lotus wasn't particularly a strong episode, but now it kind of like, unlike Carver's season eight, it does feel like it's more on track at this time than Carver's well, was. I mean, we so talked, half we, of season eight was just trying to fix the Benny and, and the dog incident yeah. with well, Sam. Benny, I was gonna say, Benny and the dog. It sounds like a, it's a terrible sitcom. knockoff show of Turner and Hooch. It's, we, we talked about it last episode where we kind of have a defined way we're going now with the last with last episode so it, it yes it feels more under control i guess is the right perfect yeah yeah, yeah it yeah, seems yeah. more under control and it, it's got a, a clear direction now which we were still like when that mid-season finale we were all so i said it i was like dude where the fuck are we going with this because it really wasn't defined and i think after last episode we got, now we have a defined area we're going towards um and yeah there's multiple questions but i think this one kind of is like okay this is what we got in store yeah so yeah, and it helps. And that helps a lot. That's actually what I said. I think after the midseason yeah. finale, I specifically said, like, I don't need to agree with the direction of the show. I don't. I, I, the show is not made just for me. As long as I get the story and I dig it and I know where they're going, that's all I ask. Obviously, yeah. if you were to ask me all day what you would like, I mean, I would be writing a whole other show because that's how we are in the studio. Right. We always have our own ideas. But it doesn't mean I can't get behind the guy that actually runs the show. I right. just want to know what that story is about. Right, which traditionally with the mid-season finale, we do. Yeah. We have an idea. Yeah. So, uh, Also, guys, if you are members of the Rain Man Digital Premium video cast, make sure to check out our episode on the cult this actually came out before stuck in the middle with you and the reveal of the cult's return so it's all about lore and it's about how they could even bring the cult back you know because we're that we're more like prophets on the show you know ourselves. what i was a little bummed God. that well hold on i was a little bummed that when we did the recording a week later they came out they brought the cult back i know at first i was bummed i was like man we should have waited. It's no, gonna throw dude. off our discussion. But then I was like, this you know what? We're on top of it. You know what? I'm okay with it because after re-listening to it as I was editing the show for video, I quickly realized that there was a lot of discussion in the cult that we were spot on about that you actually called out yep. about the British Men of Letters and uh, about what they can do with it and how they could bring it back. We had people tweeting us after they watched the video cast and said, damn it. I swear to God, Thomas is in that writing room sometimes. It was, it was, uh, dude, it amazed me when I was re-listening. You're welcome. I mean, you called it out. And that makes me feel good as a supernatural freak and fan of the show that we uh, were asking the right questions. For example, the cult question, okay, that you can find in the video cast. But then also the, the, the discussion on, on Lucifer and where he's at. Is he in hell or is he in Crowley's lair on earth? As we said last uh, last episode, we were debating where they were at. Was yeah, were they in right. hell? Because if they were in hell, then that would make sense to kind of manifest himself as the Mark Pellegrino version of Lucifer. Nick. But if they were on Earth, how are they doing that? Because we already it's already been established that Crowley's lair is not in hell. Right. So we're asking the right questions. I this I just think going back to the original uh, subject matter that started this segment, we need to be patient a bit. With, with with Dab and the writers because we have these questions, we get very anxious about it, 
And sure enough, the following week or two weeks later, they answer the exact same question we had. I will say that's something I do kind of appreciate about Dab's run so far. Carver, he would bring things up, then people would have questions about it, and then we wouldn't hear about it again for possibly even a year, maybe more. Right. Dab has has done a good job of directly answering some of our questions. And right now, it's it it hasn't crossed over the line to just fan service, I feel, personally. No, it hasn't. It's, it's been, it's, you know, been tiptoeing very carefully right. around that gray area. So I do appreciate that, though, that we're not having to wait a lifetime to kind of get some answers to some of these questions that we bring up in Lotus or, not, or anything like I'm that. I'm not sure I could wait 12 more years for an answered question. Right. At this point, it's like, dude, just answer my questions, you know, a couple episodes. But as it does, again, bringing it back, at least we know that we're on the same page with the writing staff this year, that we that we were, we're asking the right questions. We're not right. just fumbling in the dark, wondering, okay, are we supposed to be asking this? Which right. in years past, we have been like that. Even though we enjoyed Carver's run, there were times where we were really scratching our head and yeah. like, okay, and they, and they don't answer the question. So I feel good that we're on the same page and that we're asking the appropriate questions. Yeah, I agree. Um, last little thing here, uh, guys, we have somebody brought our, to, to our attention a discussion on Reddit about Eric Kripke and his time on Supernatural and, and more importantly, his writing during the show. And the concept that people have that he had this five year plan as a showrunner and this person went into detail, breaking it down about the myths and, and citing some sources as to where and whether or not that's true. And we kind of want to discuss that a little bit in detail because we agree with some elements of it, but we also kind of disagree in another respect. We don't want to, you know, be mean or anything like that, but we thought it was well, a good discussion Well, there's nothing to be point. mean about yeah. it. It's just a debate. She, a she tweeted, discussion point. stop haunting me, one of our regular listeners, tweeted yes. it to my personal account, which means obviously she wanted us to read it. So I did, and I decided, hey, this is great content for the end of the show, and I figured I'd put it on the show notes because it does dissect um, the five year, the alleged five year plan that a lot of the folks in the fandom say Kripke had for his initial run as showrunner. Um, again, whether or not it's factual information, that remains to be seen, and that's what we're going to get into. I figured we'll do away with the usual final segment, and we'll delve into that. I think that'll be a worthy discussion at this point because after 12 years, it's, it is easy to glorify Kripke. So maybe it does need to be looked at a little more strict. Please but... don't strip away my God, please. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> don't forget. We also still have the Patreon page is now live. If you are not a member of that for just $10 a month, you can get access to the rain man digital premium service, which will have two to four additional episodes of supernatural the crossroads both as audio and video example would be the cult we've also got previous episodes back from season one where we do our full-on regular show with that as well as other ideas we've got coming up and and with a couple fun things that we want to try as well but it's also got additional shows such as the uh hangover betty whiskey review show we've got the from the holodeck star trek show as well as uh what's the Comic Book Chaos is the fourth one. Yes. So if you guys are fans of any of that stuff or just want to help us out, we would appreciate it. As well as once we reach our goal of $4,000, we will actually try to do, we will do this exact kind of setup for Eric Kripke's new show, Timeless, which we know we've had a lot of requests about that. And it's a Kripke show, right? Yes. Can't be bad. Yeah. 
That's I mean, I what I'm going to say. I know Mike's watching it. Mike's like in love with it. He keeps telling me to watch it. So with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get into the episode's discussion. Well, you've got your diamonds, and you've got your pretty clothes, and the chauffeur drives your car. You let everybody know, but don't play with me, cause you're playing with fire. Mother, she's an heiress, owns a block in St. John's Wood, and your father be there with her if he only could. But don't... The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. All right, so Pat Robertson delivers, says, uh... deliver your child from demonic goth culture. Deliver us from him. I know. How old is he? I don't know, man. He's Just up there, right? To dust and die already. Otter, who is 14, seems to have an infatuation with dark things. She likes horror movies and wants to wear black lipstick and clothing and seems... Now, hold on here. When you say oh, dark things, are you talking about black cock? I'm just, it's just, can you please clarify the question here? I mean, th- these are real, real valid questions. Because if she likes dark cock, then she needs a next You know that she's possessed oh, God. by the devil. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No Christian. That's probably an off camera scene that they had to reshoot this whole thing for. No God loving 14 year old loves dark things, AKA black cock. When I try to talk to her about God or living a moral lifestyle, she gets a look of aggravation on her face. I fear that demons are working on her. This is how I would answer. I'm like, listen, bitch. She rolled her eyes when you talked to her. She's 14. Exactly. And she's, horm- and she's hormonal. Give her a break. 14. Hormones and puberty or the devil? Oh, clearly, Satan. Clearly the devil. Or bad crap. Science isn't real. <laughs> Science isn't real. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. Now, this one is a couple things that I'm interested in. One, the return of Gavin McLeod or McLeod or how McLeod. 
McLeod? McLeod. He's t- Thomas. Holy McLeod. shit. McLeod. Yeah. It's uh, Miss McLeod. Well, you're an educated individual. What, you, are, is he, I don't Ryan, do names. Is he getting worse? Yes. He's getting worse. It's worse. Yeah. I don't McLeod. do names. I literally just said it. McLeod. That's not how Cloud's spelt. <laughs> McLeod. I literally, it's not like Miss Cleo. You're presuming I listen to you. Gavin McLeod. Call me now. <laughs> Call me now. I'll talk about this ship in 1723. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Thomas. McLeod. McLeod. (laughs) End of the show, man. I'm tired, too. Oh, Oh. my God. We should be on our A game this episode. And for some reason, like, I can't 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 talk. Thomas is getting worse. Mine, at least, is a consistent problem, okay? Yeah, but this has gotten worse. McLeod. Gavin. Is in this episode. <laughs> now that's that's kind of fun for us because I don't my name's Duncan McLeod. <laughs> I'm the highlander. You done? <laughs> you can take our land, but you can never take our freedom. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Supernatural uh, the crossroads. You guys are dicks. <laughs> Although I will admit, I definitely like McLeod. Took my ball home at that point. You I was like, so, fuck this. Are you done? Are yeah. you done yet? I was pouty. I was pouty. Are you done yet? Because I can't do names you were to so save angry. my life, apparently. McLeod. Yeah, I, I kind of want you to read the names. If that'll be like if I was ever in a Saw situation, it would be pronounce these names accurately, and I'd be like, just kill me, dude. I'm screwed. <laughs> McLeod. McLeod. Oh, man, that's good. <laughs> All right, guys. So now we're talking about episode 13, Family Feud. Ryan, synopsis, please. Yes. Uh, when bodies begin dropping after visiting a museum, Sam and Dean connect a ghost to the sunken merchant ship that Gavin McLeod wants to be aboard to seek Rowena's help in finding them. Crowley prepares to exact his revenge uh, on an imprisoned Lucifer, while Kelly Klein reappears and finds refuge with, refuge with a powerful demon. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's so good. And the director and writer on this one? Uh, the director and writer, uh, directed by PJ Pesky, and uh, our favorites, Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming. Now, Pesky, I hope that's right. I'm going off of you I'm, on I'm that think, one. I'm thinking it's Pesky. He's directed King of the Damned in season nine. We which, liked that one, didn't which we? Which one was that one? It's near the end of the season. I don't quite remember, though. Do you guys uh, remember that one off the top try, of your head? I'm trying to off the top of my head. Look, someone, someone look that up if you can. Uh, in season 10, he had Book of the Damned. And then this season, season 12, Family Feud. Now, prior to directing for Supernatural, he apparently has directed direct-to-DVD films from Dusk Till Dawn 3, oh my God. The Hangman's Daughter. Three? They made a three of that? You apparently. said that before when we talked about it. And did yes, I? And it was actually, I'm gonna, and I'm going to say the exact same thing I said. It was actually really good. <laughs> I, did I say that? I, yeah. I, I, I'm like, oh, damn. I, I'm pretty predictable then. Uh, Lost Boys, The Tribe, and Smoke and Aces 2, Assassin's Ball, before moving on to TV directing, Assassin's Ball. where he's been working for the last seven years. <laughs> You're such a child. Assassin's balls. I swear to God. Where they assassinate your balls. Oh, God. Ew. (laughs) And uh, Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming, we've known them for quite some time now. They were with season one, but really showed up again in season seven through today. And since then, they're averaging about three to four episodes consistently every year. Yeah. So they're a permanent. I would say they're a permanent fixture on Which one at this point, yeah. Which one of three we like. Season eleven, where they they had a really good run. They actually, yeah, no, they did. Bad seed, the mid season finale. Just, oh, brother, where well, art thou? I was averaging. Okay, <laughs> you're doing your math. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Now in this episode, very first thing out the gate, we have the explanation of Lucifer returning to the Nick vessel. Now 
this also kind of cleared up a lot of stuff that we had questions about with the midseason finale Lotus with the magical egg McMuffin from the British Men of Letters, which yeah, the, the Harry Potter egg, the Harry Potter egg, uh, whether or not that sent him to hell, what part if it did or was it just an expel him from the bot from the vessel. And it turns out that it actually just expels him. Then Rowena's spell was intended to send him back to the cage. And of course, Crowley was where we, we talked about him having petty revenge. Right. Has petty revenge and fucks up the spell so that he can keep him contained within the old vessel that they found. Him and his demons found and spruced up new and improved RoboCop yeah, they, edition. They healed it up. I, what, I forget what they said. They fixed well, they it said or... that they fixed it, but they've also made it so that it'll be an adequate vessel, so that it shouldn't burn out. Is what I believe. I mean, correct me if I'm that's wrong, kind of, but that was how he described I, that's that. That's kind of what I gathered as well. Not just that, though. We find out that Crowley's been on this vendetta for quite some time, and yeah. this—I'm not sure whether or not this was post his, you know, imprisonment as a dog kind of thing, right? In season eleven. So this was directly, I want to do this because I'm vengeful against him. Or if it was more of a, this is in, in case Luce Forever gets out. Right. Way, way back in like season six. I'm not quite sure. But my money says it was after the imprisonment because he's. It has to be, dude. Like he, he's he petty like that. Yeah, he's petty. And he, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have went through all that trouble to throw him in a cage and call him dog if it wasn't for the fact that he had done it to him. So. I think I'm yeah. hoping there's more to it than that. I think Crowley is a I, Crowley is now if this was five years ago. Crowley, maybe even three years ago, Crowley, then I'd be OK with just an evil vendetta. But I, I've got to believe that he there's a bigger reason or plan much more than just revenge at this point, because he's got his power back that he doesn't nearly really want. Yes, he was humiliated by having to lick the floor, but there's there's got to be a bigger end game for Crowley. And I think that's going to be revealed by the end of the year. It can't just be about uh, simply wanting to cage up Lucifer and use him as I'd, a as a puppet. I'd like to believe he has more at play. I mean, in season nine with with Kane, we know he had planned the whole thing out for Dean to take over the mark and and that whole chess player comparison that we've always made with him. I definitely got the vibe, though, from how this one was written, that it was more of that kind of petty revenge. And that did feel a little off for him if it if it does end up being petty revenge then as long as they use it to kind of catapult him into a different area for a story if if they use it to you know expand him as an individual like it seems like they're doing again keeping him connected with rowena uh then i then i'll be okay with that as well as long as you're using this as maybe a bridge to a much larger maybe different story for crowley right well that's what i was thinking is like say he uses yes his his beginning thought is to petty for petty revenge but what if it, it it reveals itself that he could use it for something else and i think that's that would i would be okay with i, I don't mind it being petty revenge but it needs to evolve into something more yeah i i don't think he's going to have lucifer caged up much longer i mean let's be honest crowley is great and cool and everything but I, you you can't diminish lucifer in, in a way that no. just a, a a marginal demon is going to be able to keep him contained because again Crowley is cool and everything and we love him he's awesome but he is just a crossroads demon that was as we saw last week given power by Ramiel which that right there I think is more relevant now because that shows he was given the permission by the one of the princes of hell 
to yeah. kind of re-emphasize that he is just, he, even if he's king of the crossroads, he is just a crossroads demon. Yeah, so this is gonna, he's in, he's in way over his head. He's gonna, this is gonna end up biting him in the ass, I'm sure. Oh, you think he's over, in over his head? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't? This, this, you don't? No, that's just Crowley, dude. He doesn't do he doesn't do shit without thinking it out first. I I, but I, I think agree. Lucifer is the one where he would because of what happened in season eleven, he would underestimate. I mean, we saw him underestimate Amara know, in season eleven. He thought he'd be able to control that. That didn't turn out so well, did it? I don't know, man. I get so. your point, Ryan, and I I I want to agree with it. Um, Crowley has proven himself as a survivalist and a chess player, and he plays the long game for sure. But this is Lucifer. Yeah. And I, I, I think it would, what's the word, I guess, marginalize Lucifer as a character. Just, yeah. And just and kind of, we're already in a territory that's very dangerous, and we keep saying this about Lucifer. Right. Uh, he's the villain. Of I, the show. Of the show, even if he hasn't been utilized as such in terms of writing techniques. He hasn't been, per se, the antagonist of the show in right. quite some time. Right. But he is kind of the the big bad of this of this of the Winchesters' life in general, um, with bringing him out and and, and jump starting the apocalypse and all that stuff. So, I mean, you can't really keep him around and bitch smack him around for a long period of time without kind of destroying what came before. Yeah. And I know people say, well, we need to move on, forget what came before, but we can't move we can't, on though. so much to where if you're moving, you destroy the foundation that was laid down before. You right. got to maintain that foundation. Right. And Lucifer is part of the foundation. He's the very fiber of that foundation. So the cornerstone. Yeah. And if you keep him here, that's I'm OK with him being here, especially the reveal and how they did it, I think, worked. The explanation of putting using Nick and retrofitting this vessel almost like how castiel's vessel was yeah. retrofitted right. i'm okay with that the, right. the, the 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 established science is there in supernatural continuity and lore that it can be done so i'm okay with that but now that he's here and it seems like he's a permanent fixture at least for the rest of this season inside nick then guess what be very careful what you do and i'm okay with just little scenes like this yeah i think you need to keep him kind of at bay until the end of the season for him to well, really think, have the payoff. I think they want. explained that very well by, by basically putting him in the chains. I love that idea. See, that was great. I, I think that right there proves that, okay, he's got the change made out of the, made out of the same material or the material from the cage, which means, okay, he can't, he can't break that. Um, the only difference in this I see is that obviously he's not contained by the cage. So he can right. get his whispers and his, his, you know, his voice out to, to people. But, um, I think them using the chains makes it makes it good that where he's kind of subdued for now. Yeah, and obviously something's he's not going to be subdued. I don't. You're right, guys. I don't think he's going to be subdued forever. But I think that explaining the chains are made out of the cage, the same material is a good way. It of works. Saying, it's the it, only it way I'd believe it. it. Yeah, absolutely. It works, and it, it kind of keeps him at bay for now. You and know, I think it, that's good. At the beginning of the season, he was kind of he was caught by some trap that. Crowley and Rowena had set, but you knew it wasn't going to hold him very long. Right. I think the only way that you have it to where I'd be like, yeah, why he can't break out. It immediately takes away my questioning is By that it's the, made yeah. from the cage or, or the same material anim, anatomic level material. Right. You know, I would love to get some more explanation on that. I just love the lore behind that. Like super cool. Yeah. Let's, let's tell, I know they, they I'm satisfied with it and I, I could swallow that. It's easy to digest. <laughs> 
I do feel like it's a bit of a writing gimmick a bit. Like, hey, we're going to hold so that we can keep you in the real world. We're going to have the materials that you, that we use for the cage. We're going to use that to chain you up. It works and I'm OK with it. But I wouldn't mind delving into it a bit more and finding out the knowledge that Crowley, what knowledge Crowley had to do that, because he said he had his own people looking at it. Yeah. Last we checked, he didn't have a lot, a whole lot of people working for him. And the ones that were, were all dumb. Very so, true. so I would like to get maybe a little bit of explanation as to how he came up with this, just so to satisfy me as a lore nerd. And also, I mean, it wouldn't make sense. It's an easy fix. Uh, Rowena has the Book of the Damned. Uh, why not? You know, why couldn't she have made something? You know, I know she's not involved in his ultimate scheme, but it could have been made before they their relationship went south a, a fifth time. <laughs> Well, here's a question for you. As as lore, would you want to know more about how Crowley managed that, or would you want some kind of biblical explanation for what the cage or is that, made of? The latter, yeah, the, yeah, the, the latter, latter for yeah. sure. Yeah, like like we talked about before with the cult episode, the the lore behind how it was made, when it was made, what kind of blood magic went into it. An explanation of how exactly the cage works would be pretty cool. And yeah, I, I don't want to just be like, oh, God made it. It's whatever, you know. I'd want it, works it to be because more because God made it. Oh, okay, sweet. Okay, cool answer. Thanks. These chains were made for his sex maneuvers. <laughs> oh. Yeah. He's got a hanging... It's his old sex dungeon. He's, he's got a hanging swing, a sex swing in there, too. Oh. That's why he was traumatized by that's, spending all that time in there. No, that's why he... That's what he's oh, been wait doing. a second. But Lucifer's his son. That's odd. Yeah. That's what he's been doing to he Adam. He had to spend an eternity... <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. Adam's been getting all in the right. sex swing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Adam's broken right yeah, now. Yeah, he's like, oh. oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what man? I would like to know a little bit more about that. About the sex swing? Sure, why not? Explain the sex swing. He puts them in stirrups. Like he's got, dude, he's just got there Adam he, hanging oh there god. with his legs spread wide open. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> there we go. That's some fan fiction right yeah. there. Take uh, this, Michael. Okay, we don't need and we don't what? need you know what, angel wins incest as well. Yeah. It's angel cest. Oh, what's wrong with that? They're like, they're kind of like you need, you need your own fan fiction. They're kind of ambiguous. Just 18 plus to enter. Uh, it probably yeah. should be, yeah, yeah in probably should be like 35 to enter. Yeah, Brian will be arrested immediately by the FBI. Right? What? Good lord. Dude, I can write whatever I want. Freedom of speech, guys. Now, the cool thing about him not being in hell, but actually outside and in Crowley's lair is something that Ryan, you brought up. That he still has the ability to whisper out of it. I mean, if you guys remember back in season five, original Yellow Eyes, Azazel had to kill an entire nunnery at a church to open the door just enough to talk to Lucifer directly. That's one of my favorite opening bits. Now he has the ability to just kind of whisper to somebody on his own. Before they had the explanation that the darkness being unleashed cracked the cage just enough. Now he's not there. Now he has none of those limitations, and we see him talk with Dagon. Now this, she was introduced in this episode, another prince or a la princess of hell. And that was kind of interesting to me because I wonder how much of her interest in the Nephilim is because, as Ramiel said, she's interested, or is it because she's doing stuff for Lucifer? Right. Now, they've been painted as characters who don't give a fuck about anything or anyone they didn't know who the winchesters were they didn't know about crowley they didn't really give a shit like about anything even azazel in their mind was a fanatic so part of me has a, a, a wonders 
if Azazel's the fanatic, is Dagon closer to Azazel's mindset than Ramiel's? Based on what Ramiel said, it seemed like they were all kind of done with whatever their their original purpose was when right. Lucifer turned them. So I have to think that something changed her mind about getting involved. And I'm guessing based on what they're saying, it has to be the Nephilim it has to be the, the, the Lucifer's love child has to be the reason why she decided to get off the sidelines and get involved. Now, is it because she's all about Lucifer? Does she have loyalty to him or is she trying to grab this child as a power move? But if that's the case as well, it brings up another question. Why would she care about that's, some power yeah, move when yeah. she's been on the sidelines for the past millennia? millennia? So there there are a lot of questions there. I mean, the ending made me think that there was more to the relationship between Lucifer and Dagon. Yeah. Um, or it could be the simple, simply the fact that maybe Lucifer has an, a, a power over them. that He's allowed them to maintain to remain on the sideline. But now he he's beckoning her. I could imagine that. That's kind of what I got when he said when he smiled and said Dagon. I got the idea that he was more or less calling her, like he was controlling her to start to kind of start working again. Because obviously he made these these creatures right to to wage the war uh, against heaven, right? Right. Right. And there was no war. He was in the cage, and they all went and did their their own thing. I mean, he's still their commander, right? He probably has some type of control and power well, over them, I'm sure. Well, he's still their commander, and he's still leagues more powerful than them. Right. I mean, he may he sees demons as less than ants, even compared to humans. And we know he uses them as cannon fodder, as grunt work, as yep. his own means, as entertainment. You know, he has no regard for them. Now, the Princes of Hell and Lilith are a little bit different because he personally turned them it says, or, or the lore describes. Now, I do like that concept. Now, according to Ruby from season three, we know that as a human gets tortured and, and their humanity is stripped away in, right. in their time in hell, they become a demon. But I wonder, does Crowley have more direct, or Crowley, does Lucifer have more direct ability to just fully corrupt just, somebody? Just turn someone. Because then I could see him saying, you're going to do what I am what I tell you to because I physically can control you. Or is it him playing his traditional Lucifer game of, hey, here's what you want, here's how it benefits me, let's work together. Right. You know? Well, the, you touched on it briefly, but there, the lore of how Lilith was created is the fact that it says that in revenge, he took a human woman, Lilith, and stripped away her, her humanity to make her the first demon. So I'm wondering if he does, and that's how he truly created Lilith and the yellow-eyed demons, if he just simply can turn them at his will. That's what I'm saying. Does he have, like, he can, like, twist his hand and, like, make them do whatever he wants? Or is it more that they're afraid of him because he is still so much more powerful than even a prince of hell? Yeah, it's more like, I'm sure it's more like the Mark of Cain, like how... Dean slowly lost his soul and yeah, got twisted and turned and it. he was still himself, but he was a demon. He didn't go to hell and then possess a vessel, uh, a body. Uh, I'm assuming that's how these demons operate as well, that they were actually turned. These are their bodies and well, except for Lilith, of course, but the yellow eyed demons, I'm, I'm maybe I'm drawing too many conclusions, but that's what I got. That these are their bodies. That he didn't like take a. He, he turned them that way. That's the, the, they were. That's their bodies. And he said, okay, you know, however he did it. I mean, with yellow eyes, less of a you die and go to hell to be tortured, but a corruption of the human soul as it exists. Yeah. I mean, we definitely have lots of theories. I think it needs to be clarified a bit because we know yellow eyes did in fact possess multiple humans. 
throughout right. his run in the show. So he does jump from body to body, but we still don't know if the original vessel that he was introduced in introduced to us in was in fact his true form his true body i mean we know they're particular to vessels crowley for example i'm wanting that i'm actually wanting the fact that these are their bodies i think that'd be cooler it it would open the world a little bit more yeah and how demons work you know there isn't this okay first you gotta die then you gotta go to hell then you gotta fill out these forms like it's it's not (laughs) this office bureaucratic shit it's something that he has the power to just control and remove that part of their human soul. Well, look, let's look at Dean for a moment here as a good comparison. When Dean became a demon, I mean, I know it was a very short, a short, short run, run, yeah. but he was a demon. Now, did they ever allude to the fact that he can jump out of that body? I don't think they did. And I, I'm, I, can, I think I can safely, I think we can all safely, safely assume that, um, that it doesn't work like that. That type of demon. It's like that. That's their... a good example as well. He was always in the same yeah. body. Yeah. So I, I would like to get some clarification on how the the prince, the princes of hell operate. If it's their their true form, and if they jump from body to body. Well, that, did did, yeah. did um did Yellow Eyes or Azazel jump from body to body? Yes, he yeah. did. But he was also a fanatic trying to uh trying to get Lucifer from his cage. These guys have been have just been chilling. Right, but what I'm my point is is if if he can do it, why can't they do well, it? Well, I'm no, the question isn't they I think they can do it, obviously, but I'm wondering my, Is this like their original body? Yes. Yeah. And okay. if they were turned by a touch or if they went to hell and then returned to a body. He touches the taint and then they become Yes. He, he twists and then he right sti- on the taint. He, yes, <laughs> Ryan. He sticks his thumb directly up their ass and then that's I said how on they're the taint, turned. Not their ass, dude. Well, it's close enough. Sometimes it's slippery and it just goes in. <laughs> God. Is that the excuses you use? I'm yeah. sorry, it just slipped in. Oh, whoops! Just <laughs> God, that works for everything. Oh God, I, I'd Why like to know. Why does he sound so well. monotone when he says it too? McLeod, <laughs> like the Terminator. <laughs> Give me your clothes, McLeod. <laughs> Give me your shoes. Now, Dagon was in That's this racist. one. <laughs> Race? What? I don't know. Was in this episode for just a little bit, but we do see her level of power is far greater than the average demon in just that the, the she, few scenes. She full on smites an angel like it's nothing. Now, admittedly, it. exactly. That's the same way that the angels, you know, Castiel level angel would smite your average demon. Well, that's what would happen to me if a woman actually touched me. You'd be, you'd, I would just explode. explode. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Yep. Now, this. I don't think we've ever seen that kind of direct power level against an angel. We know that Leviathans could kill them, but, you know, taking them out of that. Out of the equation. I think it's always essentially been an angel blade that has killed another angel, as far as I can yeah. remember. Now, that that may be off, but she has the power to just smite them like it's no no issue at all. Now, admittedly, these angels are not, you know, the tier one angels that we've had from seasons four, five, and maybe even six. Yeah, this is the C squad. This is the D squad yeah. or the, you know, J squad at this point. This is the this is the the ten the ten AM uh stripper squad. Oh right. Like this is not the Saturday night seven o'clock. These squad. these are the ones no. that locked up heaven and said, no, we're gonna just hang out in here. This, Everything else can die. This is the Wednesday strip club Ooh. team. The Wednesday Ooh, at seven PM. Yikes. Ugh. Oh God! This is the midday buffet crowd. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you get brunch. This is the brunch crowd. Yikes. So we, so we know they're not as powerful, but I still think it's impressive that she just smites them like it's no, 
issue whatsoever. It definitely sets the tone that this is a character not to be not to you know fuck with, and we already saw that with Ramiel. Yeah, but hey, to drive home the point, I thought that was a good way to do it. I think it works between the two of them because now we have that the blade of the Kurds doesn't do anything. The angel oh, blade. I got it right this you time. You got it right this the time. The angel nice. blade doesn't do anything against them. The only way we've seen them die right now is is Michael's spear. You know, demons are nothing to them. Crowley, angels are nothing to them. So they're clearly far more powerful than we've seen pretty much any other demon since season... Fuck, since season two? Three, maybe, with Lil? Right. Right. So I did like that bit. But I do wonder why she's what her goal is. Now, we know that Kelly's kind of in a position to not really ask questions. She's, you know, counting how much change she has for a glass of orange juice to to get food. She's on the run, presumably. If she's gone into the wind, she's on cash, yeah. no cell phone, you know. She from is, riches to rags. Right? And she's from boning POTUS to, I don't know, <laughs> to, to, to hitchhiking. Blowing truckers from POTUS oh, to Jesus. hobo. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like the next Disney movie. It does. That's a terrible theme for a Disney movie. <laughs> oh man! You start out as a princess and then end up a truck stop whore. <laughs> That's the message we're going to send. It's uh, five to see it, ten to touch it, fifteen to blow it. Anyway, so she's clearly in a desperate situation. I mean, she's got people trying to kill her in a back alley. And Dagon offers her a semblance of salvation. And we know that she's a religious person. We, that's yeah. the only reason she's kept the baby beforehand. That's right. the reason yep. she was part of the president's cabinet or, or you know, inner sanctum, essentially, at that time. He is a very religious presidential figure. Therefore, she is as well. They, they prayed as a group. Right. So part of her still wants to believe that, you know, even that, you, I mean, yeah, I incinerated a Bible, but maybe these guys are wrong and it's not going to be this terrible thing. And Dagon directly plays on that. And I did like that aspect because it reminds me directly of Lucifer. Yeah. It's something Lucifer would say for sure. It's, you know, it's not that bad. You know, he, he is an angel and, and that kind of misrepresentation of the information and that she is somebody who due to her faith before and, and what she structured her life on would subscribe to you know, I'm in a desperate situation. Maybe there's alternatives to this. Yeah, and and talk about like a this is kind of a, uh, kind of like a losing your faith moment. You know, exactly. You brought up all those great points about her being religious. Uh, they're a very conservative bunch. They were praying. They believe in God. And to find out that Lucifer is real, he's an angel, not pitchforks and and horns. Right. And now we have angels chasing her down to kill her, and a demon is willing to rescue her. Her brain, her mind is probably spinning out of her control. World's upside down at this point. Yeah. And this is something that we saw with Dean in season four, where he's like, "I thought angels were supposed to help people." Yeah. You know, there is that prescribed right. harp and feathers in the whole they're a fucking friendly bunch that's just not true. So so I got to okay, so in the chat room, AV Demon says from POTUS to HOTUS. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then VW said she got down on her knees for God and then Lucifer. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Those are so good. Oh, they're and so accurate. Good. Oh, I think POTUS to HOTUS is a good one. That's Dude, a good one. From POTUS to HOTUS. That's like, it's perfect. That's Kelly Klein. No, but like you were saying, Mike. <laughs> we should tweet that to her. I will. Hold on. What's her? <laughs> no, don't. What's her, what? Don't do that. I'll say your character, not her. 
No, don't don't uh, do that to her. Now, you're right, though. Her world has been turned upside down, and a demon's the only one offering her help. And she's whether or not she believes what Dagon has to say, she's kind of in a position where she has no choice. Yeah, exactly. And 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 a part of me wants to... I, I hate weak characters, and a part of yeah. me is just like, snap out of it! Are you out of your fucking mind? But then I, I look at the realistic side of things, and you know what? This is exactly how somebody would be acting. Yeah. They're, they're in shell shock. It's a they're, baby. It, it's like they're... they're con- no, not oh, the not, baby It's not even thing. that. It's Okay, so you're telling me angels are real. Yeah. D- demons are real. Hell's a real place. Lucifer's real like her whole fucking reality has shifted yeah I guess yeah that's so true. I I feel that despite the fact that she's a bit annoying I feel that the character makes sense to what's happening around her right so I can't complain about it and Dagon you know channeling Lucifer says that yeah. the Nephilim could save everyone you know yeah. and that plays into a not only just you know her as a mother but the kind of if you are religious you subscribe to but I mean, Mary and that entire concept. Oh, yeah. I mean, because, you know, totally the spawn of Satan is going to save the world. But if you are believing that it's an angel and if other angels, I can't roll my you, eyes like, far enough back in my head. It's the all whole about thing. upbringing, Ryan. It's all about oh, upbringing. you're right. right. You're right. Totally. Mm-hmm. You're right. It now, the question evil as fuck. It's all about upbringing, though. The, the question is, what does what is Dagon's goal? Does she want the Nephilim for her own power? Does she want to help Lucifer out? I, I mean, she thinks Kelly's hot. I don't know. Maybe she likes a scissor. That's why she's interested in her baby. Yeah, absolutely. From, from she's just like, to yeah. <laughs> hey, I hear you're into weird stuff now. You're pretty desperate, so that's that's messed up. Yeah, dude. Hey, dude, it's it's proven that pregnant chicks are more. Uh, okay. okay? Right. Just, I, I am curious though as to what Dagon actually. I like how her, Ryan, when he's trying to prove a perv point, he brings up science. It's proven. Right. It's proven. In this uh, science letter, look this it science up. letterhead, it's a fact from the Science Journal that uh, <laughs> women are extremely horny. I heard it from Bill Nye, and they're whorish when they're pregnant. <laughs> I didn't say whorish. It you were, you were this. going it to says go this there. It's Science Weekly. <laughs> science <laughs> Slut Weekly. <laughs> slut Science Weekly. Slut Science. Get it right. I'm not subscribed. I'm sorry. They're giving away uh, twelve free months right now. So. <laughs> Now, I am wondering on something Ramiel said about Dagon earlier that she's mm-hmm. preoccupied with her toys. <clears throat> now, sex jokes aside, <laughs> I, part of me wondered, because he was a collector of weapons and stuff, part of me wonders, is she, you know, like some kind of like evil scientist in any way? That sounds kind of crazy at first. A collector of humans, maybe? But maybe something like that, you know, some kind of uh, Mengala stuff you know what that's a solid point thomas you you have this otherworldly creature she does not give a fuck about kelly let's get real if she can remove the nephilim and and birth it into and make it some kind of hybrid demon monster thing that she can completely control midwife it yeah Yeah. you can have some really fucked up stuff with this because also the dagon as we talked about in the previous episode the the there's a i don't know what nationality it's from but there's a it's a fish god is named Dagon. That's racist. <laughs> it's fish. And we know, and hear me out though, and oh god. probably talked about Atlantis getting sunk. Maybe there's some kind of magic, like hmm. science there. Because I mean, Atlantis in all kinds of lore is this super futuristic society. Right. You know, and that's just kind of where my brain took it, like this weird Mengele Frankenstein monster kind of thing. I would be on your side for this if the ending didn't happen with lucifer saying her name right no i i agree that does kind of throw it that throws off. a wrench in it but, but I, I am I, wondering I, what does she want is she 100 percent 
you know, in Lucifer's control, or is it that he's going to try and get her to help Manipula- him? Yeah, manipulate her. Honestly, and she has her own agenda. I-, I think she has her own agenda. I think it would be kind of inconsistent with demons in general that to not have to, if they have their own loyalty I mean, or if they're completely loyal. I mean, yes, Lilith and Yellow Eyes were very loyal, but we are. It's already been established that they were fanatics, right? And Dagon and Ramiel and the Third were not. So I. She's got to have an agenda or she's being controlled by Lucifer. Could be. I mean, even with season five, a lot of the demons were fanatics only for Lucifer because he was their God. It was a cult almost. It was a cult, but there was those like Crowley who didn't subscribe to that. So I don't know. I'm interested to see where that goes. But yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely one of the highlights of this episode with Dagon and, and, uh, and that connection with Lucifer and Kelly and, and seeing where all that Someone goes. has a plan between so, Lucifer and Dagon, and I want to know what the fuck's happening, but I, I know I have to wait at yeah. this point. I just looked up Dagon, and, and uh, Dag, uh, the first part means fish. So the, right. he was, yeah, a fish god. From oh, okay. what? Like uh, or something? Assyrian Mesopotamian. Okay, so way ancient. That's ancient, ancient enough to work. Yep. That, that could. So, yeah. yeah. If they're the first demons, essentially, after Lilith. <laughs> yeah, it says Mesopotamian and Astro-Babylonian. So that, that would all work. Yep. So I don't know. Somebody has a plan, and I want to know what the fuck it is. I think Cassiel's going to be there at the end and save the day. He's just going to kick that bitch in the belly. <laughs> Damn, he's going to push her down the stairs. He's all, hey, ass butt. <laughs> hey, ass butt. Time to go down these stairs. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Show gets canceled. I am sorry. I'm not. As a terrible, I think that'd be hilarious. Terrible idea. I don't but, know why I would laugh at that. I feel bad for Kelly. But, I don't. Uh, but she's how, an idiot. <laughs> she she literally is. Everyone in the chat room's like, she's dumb. She's stupid. Like she's she's not an intelligent you, person. You can tell there are listeners. Yeah, well, no, she's a, she's potus to hotus. She's a dumb bitch, <laughs> dude. They make her burn a Bible, and she's like, nope, still gonna keep the baby. Like, come Might on, might have been a trick Bible. You yeah, know, it was a, it was a burning Bible. So it was real. a burning bush. Hey, listen, know, that was listen, good. Let's not judge. We don't know unless we're in that situation. What You're right. Do. I should I should just totally reenact Arnold Schwarzenegger's Junior. And see what that's oh, like with, you know, the spawn of Satan. Mm-hmm. Totally sounds like a great idea. You know, the thing look. is, we, and this is the only defense it's I have. a tumor. The only defense I have for Kelly. We <laughs> are jaded as fans. Yeah. Because we've been along for this ride for 12 fucking years. And we trust Sam, Dean, Cassiel. We know them. For her, these are strangers who for our modern day would be, you know, someone crazy rambling in the street actually ends up being right. Are you really going to believe them right off the bat? Yeah. You know, David Blaine can do street magic. What's to say these guys can't do some other shit with a Bible? You know, you could find the argument there. Now, but again, you know, as us jaded fans who essentially at this point are probably the mentality of a hunter ourselves, we're like, nope, fucking kill it. This is bad. Kill it with fire. Ironically, right? So, yeah. We'll find out what's going on with her. But I think another really big... Because parenting was clearly a huge theme throughout this mothers. episode. Yeah. Mothers. Mothers. Yeah, mothers. Sure. Shitty mothers. Shitty. Damn. <laughs> I mean, let's I just say... Well, you had shitty dads, too. Yeah. You know, parenting, essentially. Yeah. So Shitty people. Shitty people doing shitty things. Mm. Another big thing was Mary in this episode. And we've talked a little bit about her as to what her real... Not goals or intentions are, but her real personality is. And this is something that we've that people on Reddit have talked about, that we have talked about ourselves. 
she definitely at this point feels so much more like a Campbell than a Winchester. I also feel like we don't really know her. Which is we don't know her at all, which man. I, which obviously is being done on purpose, right? But I don't feel like she's a real character yet, like, and not due to bad writing. I feel like they're keeping her a mystery, they're keeping her emotions in check, they're keeping everything about who she really is away from the audience. They they have not scraped past that first layer yet. They did it briefly at the beginning of the season to kind of show us who she is, what she's all about. But other than that, we haven't gotten through to a second layer yet on Mary. And again, I think it's by design. They're keeping her kind of at a distance. They're guarding her really well. Yeah. And it could be just so that we can feel the same thing that the main protagonists are feeling, which, of course, is Sam and Dean. Maybe they they want us to share the feeling of distance uh, with Mary, which is good. Good good writing. if, If that is, in fact, their intention to do that. Um. But yeah, I don't feel like she's real. I feel like there's more to her and we're not getting into it. It feels very much like Mr. Ketch insinuates she's a good liar. Exactly. Yeah. She is a different person around the Winchesters. And like he said, you pretend to be, you know, mummy dearest. And then you he sees who she really is during her times working with the British Men of Letters. Right. And I think that, like you said, Mike, if it is written like that deliberately, it is working because we there's a disconnect. Feel like we're seeing this, not actor, you know, play Mary Winchester, but like Mary Winchester is putting on an act. Yeah. She's not clearly the mom that they put on a pedestal 12 years ago. No, and she's, she's going through the motions. Yeah. She's not even really a mom in many respects. For her, What do you want her to do? Like b- make cookies for come you? Come here, Dean. Time for breastfeeding. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, come on, man. No. Well, first of all, Sam was a baby, so she would probably still be doing that. Oh. But like she said in the beginning of the season, for her, <laughs> come here, Sam. You always like the left hit now. Oh, <laughs> Try the right hit; it's more scrumptious. Oh, what your dad always says. That is, that is, that is backing up, uh, dark, awesome. dark, getting out of this dark tunnel. <laughs> She says in the beginning of the season that just yesterday for her, she had a five-year-old Dean and a newborn Sam. That's true. Right. She's only been a mom, quote, for like four or five years. Which you don't really learn to be a parent until four or five years. And you're still essentially who you are. And then you you are kind of acting around your kid when they're that young. Yeah. Like, no, don't touch that. I love Barney, too. You know, you fucking lie all the time. That's not lying. And you. and you know what? I'm not saying that I dislike her by my comments because I, I do like her. I do like what they're doing with her, too. I, I'm just saying that um, I'm just making a comment, a throwaway comment that we don't quite know her. And I think that's intentional. It's not because I dislike her. I, I, I understand what she's going through psychologically. I get it. I mean, yeah. Uh, obviously the, these aren't her kids they're yeah. still strangers to her yeah and it, in a well, lot of still in a, a lot of ways we were making the comparisons last week with the campbells right right why did if you remember why did grandpa campbell betray sam and Dave? do you remember he why didn't know them. he didn't know them she's in the exact same camp exact same position that her Boat father camp. was in four years ago yeah he, she does not know them Yes, it's different. Like when you have a kid, but not everybody is like that. Not everybody's romantic. You may not, you may love them because they're yours, but you don't fully grasp the idea of what loving a kid is if you haven't been a parent for 20 plus years. Well, especially for her, overnight it went from five year old and newborn right. to two her, men in their 30s. In her mind, those are her kids. Yeah. And right. that's hard to come to terms with that her kid 
that she was in love with, her kids that were five and one, don't don't exist. So I like that they are putting her in that category of her, the same category that her father was in, the same position. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense psychologically. She may be struggling with the fact that, hey, these are my kids. I need to find a connection with them. Right. Well, I mean, Mr. Catch pretty much calls her out on that. Yeah. You know, she, he says that, you know, you pretend to be the mom. You talk very different around them. But the real you is this hunter that he can see in her when she's, you know, killing a Rougarou with what, fucking photon laser gun. Yeah. Or some shit. Something from Star Trek. Some Star Trek shit. Now, I got the sense that that was a, I know some people were debating this online. I got the sense that that was like a training room. Like yeah. that they had monsters in cages because he's just nonchalant. Timing Standing her. there, yeah. Dude, Not even fucking worried. And Thomas. That brings up a whole other thing. Right. And I don't know if I'm on the same page with you guys on this, but first off, if she's training with a vaporizer device, randomly killing Rougarous through a train for a training, I cannot picture Sam and Dean nonchalant just killing monsters for training. No. It's a it's, it's that's darker. It is. It's very dark. They're just they even though they kill monsters and it's their job, they don't hesitate. I think that's an area of of casualness and callousness that they have not entered. Well, I mean, they've you always... imagine them lining up random vampires and just killing them for the fuck of it. No, here's the thing: you have ex- perfect examples of how that's not how they do business. One, you have uh, I, I can never remember her name right now, but the girl in season two, Heart, that turned into a werewolf that Sam right. fell yes. in love with. He knows she's still a person, and that end scene is fucking tears your no, heart. We out. know. We know. We remember you, that episode. You have, he's friends with <laughs> the girl who was a monster that Dean killed in season seven. Yeah. He let her kind of go. They've let the uh, Kate from season eight go. I, I they think... didn't hunt her because they knew that she was a person behind that monster. They had Castiel go through Crowley's like dungeon of monsters and yeah. kill everything because they didn't have the stomach 100% to, but they knew it had to be done. Yeah. They've Same. only done it when they've been a direct threat. This is like, you know, skeet shooting. It's no different than clay pigeons in the air and she just shoots them and doesn't even think twice about it. Yeah, and I I don't think it makes her a a bad person per se. I'm just saying there is a very clear difference between... It's a different mentality. It's a totally different mentality. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't find anything wrong with that scene. I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm saying they're doing it. They're doing it. Yes, it's very telling. It's intentional. That is something Sam and Dean would never do. They would never sit there and practice on a real monster. That's just a it, good it, example would be Dean in season 10. When he's got the market cane, he's violently killing these monsters. He's like staring the vampire in the face as he decapitates. It's stuff that Sam finds uncomfortable and too dark. Mary in the thick of it, like Mr. Ketch says, covered in blood, the adrenaline pumping. That's when she feels, you know, Right. normal right and that says something about you psychologically it's not necessarily bad that you're killing monsters but the way in which you do something it's like a hunter who kills something and respects the animal and a hunter who maims something to keep killing it yeah you know and 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 that kind of mentality and also the questioning attitude meaning yes sam and dean have have killed things and they've but one thing that always crosses their mind they, they there there is an area that they don't cross even like i want to say season two when they were afraid of enjoying killing vampires do you remember when dean was working with uh not gordon uh the black dude yeah the, gordon Bruce. yeah that oh, was it gordon yeah, 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 when, yeah when he was working with gordon sam was upset by gordon's yep. method of how he hunted yep it wasn't the same 
type of hunting they did. There was an enjoyment. There was a cash. There was a, ca- a cold callousness to hunting, and that is what I saw with Mary and Ketch sitting on the the roof of the car or leaning on the car, enjoying her work. Like there yeah. was a clear difference. Sam would never be leaning on the car, watching Dean practice killing a real life and say, good job. You're really getting better at this. It's like he's at kickboxing at the gym or some shit. Yeah. It's just that. Yeah, it's whatever. Uh, OK, to play devil's advocate, though, they've never really had access to have monsters to practice on anyways. So I it's mean, a mentality. Ryan. Yeah, it's a mentality that I they've never, I never had. see them doing that. They've uh, never. They, man. OK, I just I just said it in, with Gordon. That's 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 exhibit A. The fact that they did not like the way Gordon hunted and it wasn't about because it was dangerous to them. It was about the enjoyment level. It was about crossing the line. I, I get that. OK, I, I get your enjoyment level. The thing that you're you're talking about, but I didn't see enjoyment in Mary's eyes when she killed. the. Rumor. There was a cold callousness that but I didn't see enjoyment there. It's a freedom. I'm ta- the enjoyment aspect. It was coming from catch. He's smiling. We already know that they're very cold. Well, catch is a psycho. Let's be honest. But okay. that's the problem. Right that's there. why a Mary is, is working with him and likes what they're doing. That's they're doing this intentional. This isn't really a debate. They are intentionally drawing the line and showing the difference. They show that she rather spend her time with a psychopath killing things than help her sons out on a case. Right. That right there, if no that I don't know any parent who would do that. Not just that, but here's something it's else. All connected. This is something also that entire scene's very telling about the British Middle Letters in some regards. Every other hunter that said no to them, essentially as far as we know, gets nothing. Mary says yes, she gets special weapons, and they take her to some kind of fucking underground bunker to train, and they want the cult from her. The T uh, This is more this soon. is more of what are they up to? Not just that, if this is some kind of training facility then they clearly have lied about killing every monster that comes into England because they have an entire cage worth. Well, that wasn't in England. That was here. They could have just captured it. But that still leads the idea that they didn't just kill it flat out. Right. They kept them alive. There's probably tests being done. Yeah. There's probably all kinds of other shit. Let's just remember one more thing, okay, about the the cold callousness of the Campbells. Do you remember an even even more, more recent episode with Campbell himself, the experiment experimentation on the alphas. Yeah. Do you remember how appalled Sam and Dean were yep. with the disgust of oh, them experimenting and decapitating torturing. and torturing monsters? Yeah. They, this is some. And again, it kind of makes sense that Campbell was involved in that. And now Campbell's involved in what's going on with the middle letters. I like it, yeah. but it's definitely being brought to our attention for sure. Now, some people have put out the idea that is she perhaps soulless since she's come back? I don't think she is. Well, I, I, some Stacy K said, um, someone said brought up, wouldn't Billy have noticed if she was soulless or not? Because yeah, Billy does reap souls. True. So she would have said something. Hey, Mary doesn't have a soul. So I, I don't. I don't think so. What, what if there's a non-soul masking ward on her? Oh, right, right. She has. That only reapers can't see. Yeah, that was put on by the oh. book of the damned. Oh, okay. As Lucifer was expelled out. Um, Let me roll my eyes <laughs> a lot and come up with some other arbitrary bullshit. Oh god. You know what? I, no, I, I I like the idea initially when it was tweeted to me. I'm like, oh, you know what? She. I did start thinking a bit. When the idea was initially tweeted out, and I was like, yeah, I can kind of see that. But there, there's a difference, though. As I started thinking about her character, I went back and watched the episode, and I drew the other conclusion that we've been talking about. That there's just a callousness to it. It's very different. It's not soulless. Well, not just it's that. Just She's a, shown a, emotion. Yeah. 
She yep. cared about the little kid in the Foundry episode. Yeah, three. the Asia Fox she, episode. Yeah, no, oh, no, no. Oh, the oh, episode on both three, episodes, actually. Ones. Yeah, she cared about how guilty she felt not telling Sam and Dean. Maybe she has about half a soul. This. Maybe she's half. It's half. Yeah, I, I half think a soul, half a soul, Mary. If they had played it differently and had her be more emotionless throughout this season, we could have had more evidence for a soulless right. Mary. But I, I don't think it is. I half think a soul. we just. It's hard for us to imagine that she is more of a Campbell than a Winchester. We've always imagined her as this perfect figure. That, and I think that works against us as the audience, too. For 12 years, we imagined her through the eyes of Sam, Dean, and John. This, yeah. this perfect person that they went to hell and back, literally, to avenge or right the wrong or try to bring her back or something like that. And she was just another person with her own flaws and her own issues. I mean, th- whether or not you want to admit it, some people know other people who have kids who shouldn't or who have kids and they love them, but they're not yeah. happy that they have kids. I, you know? I'm, I'm willing to say that John Winchester may be a shitty parent, but a better person. Yeah. Mary Winchester have... might have been a good mother, but a shitty person. Yeah. <laughs> That's possible. Hell, That's very this, possible. At this rate, you could even maybe argue that John Winchester was a good dad in a shitty situation yeah you know i love i love that they're playing with these ideas so i don't i don't have an issue with mary's portrayal right now i think it is very interesting it works about her discussion with mr catch though and his kind of trying to get her to leave family aside because he doesn't believe her for shit when she says family's the most important he's trying to get her to pull her pants off See, a lot of people said he was flirting. I didn't really get that vibe. Oh, I did, totally. I did. Yeah. Yep. I mean, also look at the you know, the people saying that. We both have issues. Yeah, I clearly have issues. So to me But I was, did I did get the first thing I thought. I was clapping. I was all right, Mr. Catch, find yeah, a time see, find a time for some dirty. I don't see him as British men of letter Let's sex. get a drink because Ooh, I want to sex you. Seat. I felt it as he's a sociopath. He has no emotions. He's trying to recruit another killer hmm. to the British Men of Letters to me. Yeah. Not, I don't feel that he had the alternative motive of, yeah, let's, let's knock boots. It nah. was more. Who says that? <laughs> apparently me. Someone who doesn't knock boots, apparently. Right. Well, my beard did just grow back. Wow, I mean, that term was not used since I've been in high school, and that was like 1998. <laughs> God, you're dating yourself. That's right. R. Kelly. <laughs> Why not? Um, I felt like he was just more trying to recruit a good soldier there. And in more for me, that was him shaking her faith and foundation in who she is as a person. Right. You don't hmm. try and get someone to have sex with you by saying your entire character that you base yourself on is a, is a false identity and a lie. Hey, but you're also not, have Mr. you're also not cool like Mr. Catch. Yeah, you're also you don't. I'm not British. Have, I don't have the accent, and you don't have a Bentley, so I'm pretty sure you're yeah. not as cool as Mr. Catch. Could do whatever he wants. He can take a shit and Dude, ask he, her to go on a date. He could have pulled his dick out, <laughs> rock hard, and she probably would have fell to her knees. <laughs> Obviously not. What is your fan fiction look like? Jesus it's Christ. It's fucked up, dude. It's it's really fucked up. Adams in a Obviously. sex swing in hell. <laughs> People are giving blowjobs you know in the we, street. You know what we do? A better a better idea. At the top of the show, Thomas said, Can you guys go back and listen to all the times he was right? I think you should go back all the shows and cut all the things Ryan has said <laughs> oh for, my God, for fan yes. fiction and we'll put it into like a three hour broadcast <laughs> of fan fiction. Who would listen to that? I don't Me? know, but there'll be lots of people coming at least 20 or 30 times uh, during yeah. the broadcast. Yeah, dude, dude, everyone would need electrolytes because they just so, lose so many fluids. Fucking oh, Gatorade oh. up. I doubt it. I, yeah, fluids from throwing up. <laughs> what? Yeah. No. Not that bad. Nobody would listen. Yeah, they would. 
I'm going to ask in the chat room. Anyway. <laughs> you ask them in the chat hey room. Guys. Like they're not listening right now. <laughs> Shut up. I, um, I never got that he was flirting with her. I felt more like a cold calculated. This will get her to leave her family, essentially, what, because what most she people, already did. Tom, I'm sorry, Tom. Um, what are most people saying? Are, are people saying a lot on, of people online think that, that he was they, flirting? Right now? I feel like that was just, hey, this is a no. first fra- first phase into let's sex. talk about you. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about sex, sex, baby. No, I let's really talk think about that was you no. and me. I really think it's the first step towards manipulation of what do you really want? I mean, we have it's a Lucifer play. It's let's have a moment where we trust each other and then I'll talk about that, how you're sex. really <laughs> let's talk about, about how you're sex. really lying to yourself. Let's talk Again, about sex. Let's shut the fuck up about sex. <laughs> Thomas, no. how, Thomas, how dare you take a meaningful moment and keep it exactly how it was probably meant to be? I'm sorry. We're trying to, <laughs> I'm sorry. We're ruining it. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, it, I don't it, know. Did, it felt more sinister to me. We'll find out. I think Mr. Catch is going to end up. I think he just wanted to do her. I do want to see Mary get some action. A bit. I know she just lost her husband, but it's been nine months, right? Uh, it's been my, yeah, nine I guess, months. Because there's six months. I would, something like that, I, that would bring some prison. nice, you know, character development to her a bit. Make her look a little more lively, more human-ish. And also a callus as well. Yeah, it could work. Yeah, I think it, but, I think it would work a lot with her personality right now at this point. Yeah, whatever. But I think it's it, it was more generally manipulative because she takes what he says and then decides to finally tell Sam and Dean what she's been doing. Maybe she's more of a Davies girl. <laughs> Maybe she's more into those beards, those thick... Mediterranean beards. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, John didn't have a beard, though. He had five o'clock shadows. He had stubble for days. Stubble (laughs) and beards are two different things. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Thomas. Go ahead. Directly after this conversation, the next time like we see her, she finally decides to tell Sam and Dean the truth. So I think his conversation did get to her in that regard. And that's why I feel like it was more manipulative of what do you really want out of this you know, partnership with a British man of letters because he's trying to get her to be like their next soldier. And she's still on the fence between mother and her hunter lifestyle. Right. And I think this, this showed that she a isn't soulless because she still did try to pick family, but much like a Campbell, she still has this, you know, monsters aren't dirt mentality that the Campbell's portrayed throughout season six. So, I don't know. I, I did like Sam and Dean's reactions kind of like, I loved her bit which is like, don't give me the face with Dean. That that like yeah, quintessential, that like, you're full of shit face, or he's like, I can't believe it. Yep. That worked. I, I liked that too because it did kind of feel more like a mother-son moment, you know? Where your mom bitches at you for something that you've done that she's recognized since you were a kid, you know? I did like that, but I think it worked for that whole scene but i wonder whether or not they're going to accept that yeah i mean that that definitely shakes up their relationship at this point well let me just you know read some comments in the chat room really fast okay okay these uh these listeners they belong in here with us catch (laughs) is i fucking everyone it started started with Cass. Cass says mary was totally boning wally AV Demon says even Jody's getting some. VW says Wally was hitting it. Cat says and she got him killed. Uh, <laughs> and then Xavier says or was at least. 
Uh, uh, Sam got his penis from Mary? What? <laughs> what? What, Maddie? <laughs> I don't even know what that's... Sam what? got his peen of death from Mary, obviously. Oh, okay. Whenever they have sex with somebody, that person dies. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was confused. <laughs> you think he's got a oh. death penis. Every time I think someone's going to be offended by what we say, I look in the chat room and, and you're go, like, nope. No, nope, we're okay. <laughs> no, we got a lot of weirdos in the chat room with us that are here. I like this right here. Sam is into the hate fuck, self-loathing fuck. Dean is a tender and generous lover. <laughs> oh my god. That's yeah. that's our that's our fans. That's our show. We have great <laughs> we have great fans. L- listeners. Fans listeners. fans sounds pretentious. Oh listeners. Lord. listenership. Audience. Oh God. We're just talking about peens and fucking. <laughs> and you're gonna correct us from fans to, to listeners. Jesus. Now that's pretentious. Anyway, pretentious. I like to get the PR. I wonder. I wonder what this is going to do with their relationship, though. I mean, even because Sam actually called the British Mentalers before when he thought they could use the help. Hello. But now he's like against them again, and their mom is still working with them. So I I wonder. I can clearly see more pissed off though. I felt bad when when Sam's all like, and they uh, what do they what do you say? They cut your skin and burn your feet or burn feet. Yeah. Talk about. That was a making it worse for Mary. I was like, oh, yeah, but I did laugh. I chuckled a bit. I'm like, hey, he has a valid point. I'd be pretty pissed if some dude was burning my feet and cutting on me. And then my mom decided to go work with them and make matters worse. Start flirting with them. What if they what if she does in a boning and they find out that would be the end the of it fucked right there. Up stepdad. Yeah. I don't know, son. Oh, God. I don't know. I, I wonder if they're going yes. to work well now. No. Or are they not going to trust her at all, or what? I mean, because clearly, right now, Cass is more family than than she is. This yeah, is I would agree with that. There's a lot being driven between them, and yeah. Sam is more forgiving. Dean holds on to things because of his personality. Even if he does, he's a bit stubborn. And honestly, they don't need her. And I'm not saying that as a as a cut down to Mary's character. I'm saying that simply, Dean and Sam are going to realize that they don't need her technically in their lives. She's, yeah. she's working against them. She's doing things that they would never do. She's working with people that tried to kill Sam. That they wouldn't work with. Um, they, they don't agree with the, their entire ethics of the, 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 with the British Men of Letters. And now that she is working with them, and then they're going to find out about the whole Ramiel thing, Castiel, it's going to create a big divide. I think divide. that'll be the biggest thing. It's going to create a big divide. Now, I'm not, when I say they don't need her, like they're going to like not speak to her, I don't see that happening. But also... I think they're going to realize that, hey, let her do her own thing. We don't need her. We don't need to have this type of We're not going to be a family with breakfast in the morning on a Sunday. Yeah, but, you, you can't for, yeah. even though Sam and Dean have their entire time we've seen them for 12 seasons, they've always, they've always pushed and tried to make the puzzle piece fit in terms of family, even if it didn't, because that's how they were brought up and that's how they are with each other and their friends. But I think this is a different this is a different thing with their mother. This is a lot different. It's I think it goes both ways in terms of not knowing who she is. She doesn't know them. They don't know her. I can see them making the hard decision to kind of go different ways or I mean, it's something that happens in real life. Sometimes you have family that you love, but you don't agree with. And so you just have to see them at Christmas and yep. or the holidays and you move on outside of that. I, I think the that's basically what I do with the show. So stupid. The the Mary Winchester on the pedestal has been removed after oh, this yeah. episode. Yeah, it's gone. And I think that was the the point that Dean wanted to save. I think he I think it was already being diminished in Dean's eyes. And Dean, I think after this week, I think it's done. And he's gonna start looking at her 
how he looks at other people who are not completely loyal to them and to him and Sam. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it just makes me remember that, you know, essentially Bobby was the best parent they ever had. Yeah, I mean, that's that's you're not wrong, Thomas. He's he was a better dad to them. And clearly Mary's not the mother they thought she'd be. So it's unfortunate, but. I think in the end it will work out, but I think for right now, I think it's They're good. It it's, it's needed for, it's good, in the for middle good story. Of the story for them. Absolutely. You know, it works. Yeah. So the last little bit about this episode was the monster of the week and the return of, you want, you got the drop ready? Yep. Get it ready. What, what drop? What are you talking about? <laughs> the return of Gavin McLeod. <laughs> McLeod. Right. Gavin McLeod. Uh. <laughs> McLeod. In this episode, and his <laughs> his ghost ship. Oh my goodness! Now this, it, you know, we had the return of Gavin, we had the McLeod, had <laughs> Rowena, and we had Crowley in this one. And this this monster of the week bit was a little bit mixed yeah, for a, a lot of the fandom, yeah. as well as I know, you know, in this room, I would agree with that because on one hand, it has some really telling moments for Crowley. And Rowena and their relationship and the future of him as a character. But at the same time, for Gavin, that story comes to an abrupt close in a way that that has a little bit of a couple of issues with it. So we see that his old girlfriend, love of his life, is a ghost now from the ship's wreckage. Right. And we clearly see that a, a locket is how she's tethered to this realm still. But they get Gavin because Dean remembers the ship. And they get Rowena to help the, you know, help them find him. I loved who? that. Yeah, who who were they trying to find? Gavin McLeod. I w- immediately I didn't trust Rowena. I'm like, why the fuck? Oh, absolutely not. Are you helping out? And she's like, oh my god, I have a grandson. I'm like, no, no lying bitch. Liar. <laughs> Even if you care, you have an ulterior motive. Hey, simmer down with the bitch. Yeah, yeah, for not for Rowena. Not for Rowena. You can please. use it for other characters. Lying, lovely redhead that we all adore. Fiery, fiery, fiery redhead Sexual. that we all adore. Fire, hot. Bangable. Sexual and dangerous. Mysterious. Totally sexy. <laughs> All of the above. Pale in a good way. Anyway. I want to mur- Never mind. What? Nothing. <sighs> now, I knew we knew not to trust her right away, but it, I, for a minute there, I was like, huh, she seems like surprisingly genuine. This is going to blow up in our face. But Gavin but you, you shows up as well. And you know what? That whole setup wouldn't have worked if we haven't... If we didn't get the episodes with Rowena in beforehand. it beforehand, yeah, them kind of yeah, laying down the, the the road work to to get to this point actually worked in a lot of ways. Not only does it just again, I always I'm using the word layers a lot, but it gives a, Rowena a lot of layers throughout this past season. But also, it allows this particular scene to work and for us not to necessarily doubt her intentions immediately. So we had I, I I found myself weighing, okay, what's really yeah. happening here. What's really going on? Is she excited about this person? It, does she really see the good in Gavin and that she doesn't want him to stay here in a world where he's going to be damaged because the two of them exist here? Um, or does she have another motive? So I, it worked. It did work because, like you said, you know, her whole change of character or wanting to turn over a new leaf kind of thing this season, it does give you the false sense that maybe she is, maybe she does have a, an ulterior motive that's not just evil, but. You know, that didn't work out. Now, I was a little surprised by this one because Gavin shows up because of his dad's. He's like, how sick is he? I'm like, dude, he's already dead. Yeah. What does on. it matter? How sick? Yeah. Like what? 
He's a he's a demon, dude. What do you mean he's sick? Come on, don't I, be an idiot. I wanted to see a little but bit more of what he did. Gavin's been doing. a bit naive, though. I mean, I, I think they've kind of established that. Well, he's also got you know he's from the 1700s, 1700s yeah. intelligence at that point. Yeah, so none. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All he thinks of is big pints and big boobs. I mean, that's what they did back then, right? Pints and boobs. I don't boobs. know. I wasn't alive. I'm just going based on historically. On, that I'm is going accurate. based on the movies that I've seen. Yeah, movies. <laughs> Now, <laughs> pints and boobs. I was like, that sounds like a bar that needs to be open ASAP. Dude, we need to open that immediately. <laughs> Gavin's pints and boobs. Gavin, <laughs> Gavin McLeod's pints and boobs. <laughs> sounds like a good place. It's a everyone family wears, establishment. Everyone wears kilts. It'll be the new Hooters. Yeah, you go to family look at, friendly. You, you go to look for pints and boobs. Jesus, because you don't do that at Hooters. Now, we saw that the locket was teleported, or or you know carried into the other teacher's pocket but when they realize who it is is that his his, his old lover mm-hmm. they have this whole reasoning as to why they can't just burn right. that and call it a day and so they come up with the fact that they may need him to go they need him to go back in time and change the past now this is where it kind of broke down in a couple different ways one they made a big stink about because they even show you previously on like if you change one thing in the past, it'll have dramatic ramifications for the future. Apparently, it didn't do a goddamn thing for him to be brought back through time and and survive that wreckage. Yeah, I, it, I always it didn't, about it that. It didn't have any structural time timey wimey bullshit about he had to go back. There was nothing irrelevant to his being there that caused a problem. Even if there was, how would they know? Right. I mean, that's that for them. That's their reality now. But also, they come up with that he has to go back and die with her. Which immediately, I was like, why do you both have to die? Go back to where, like, the day or the minute after you first got taken by Abaddon, and tell him, hey, you two, don't fucking go on that ship. Like Dude, that's right too, there. That's too easy, Thomas. No ghost. And yeah. it wasn't fuck with the timeline. But, but the idea was that they had to die. That was their destiny in order to for time not to change. Right. His destiny was to die. But it, that's so the thing. I is, it understand didn't make the sense th- because it, there was no change in time as far as anyone had known. Okay. It, yeah. As far as everybody had known. But it doesn't mean something didn't happen. That was the point. So the argument to send him back, I think, makes sense. It's the science and what happened the afterwards I guess. is what I, I have a problem with. Effort, different time travel definitions of time travel and the ramifications of time travel have been explained in various um, iterations of pop culture. And mo- sometimes the people involved in the time travel, for whatever reason, do- does in fact retain the memory of the altered timeline and the new timeline. But that works in something like Back to the Future, where they're a part of the events and they're going back is what caused the very events that continue the timeline right like, but they've already established in supernatural that's not how exactly the continuity of time travel doesn't work that way we saw that with balthazar is that ba- balthazar with the balthazar titanic. with the titanic we already know that when time changes they don't remember what's going on well not just that we saw back with castiel taking dean back in time some of the stuff that's happened already happened that way yeah i i strongly am against time travel being put in shows unless the entire show is designed for, for time, yes. time for travel, time travel yep. because you get into areas like this and that episode dealing with the Titanic and Balthazar was was a 
good it was actually a pretty damn funny episode it was a good episode if i remember correctly so it's it's a memorable episode and you're just kind of pissing all over continuity and how time travel works in the world of supernatural and i think that was my biggest problem i'm usually not a continuity baby i get that sometimes things need to change in order for you to be able to tell original unique stories from week to week for 12 years straight but this is kind of a big thing this is a re- they retconned the way time travel works yeah, I mean, even the vessel just last season, it, they all had to die on that ship. And he, the, and Dean, knowing what happens, asks Sam. But Sam doesn't say anything like, well, originally it was like this, but since you came back, this is what it says. Right. It was, no, the ship just blew up, or there was some big hole structure That's right. Issue. That's right. They established just last, just year. last year how the time travel element works. Which was... Which was on par with continuity that, that was already established. But wow, in, I forgot about right? that episode, but you're right. But in this episode, Dean's looking on his phone. Oh, looks like all those people survived now. Yeah. That, How do that, you know if that never occurred? That was a bit. I, yeah, man, that was a blight on this episode. And, Sad, and I agree sadly. With you. Sadly, I agree with you. Time travel should never be just willingly nilly introduced. Just thrown into an episode. The previous instance. In iterations in Supernatural, it was events that already happened. Samuel Colt in Frontierland and the Phoenix Ashes being sent, you know, in a storage unit security box for 180 years. Right. I mean, also, let's get, let's go farther back to the very core of Supernatural. OK. Yeah. Castiel, when he sends Dean back. Yeah. Says that time can't be changed. Right there. It's destiny. Nothing can be done. That was the I, whole point of that episode. Yeah. And, and maybe you can look at it as. This is destiny fixing itself. Gavin had to die. And maybe that does stay true to that element. But but again, you needed to establish that there was a problem <laughs> that occurred due to him being out of time. Him yeah. him being displaced yeah, but, should have been an issue then. Yeah, well, yeah. But it still doesn't solve the issue that, of them remembering. How, they that's remember. How she, that's how she became the ghost. I mean, that would have been one of the ramifications of him not going back. Now, the reason why they might have retconned this, as we were discussing before the we went on air today, one big reason they d- probably chose not to retcon this or to retcon the idea of time travel for Supernatural that's been established is they probably want this to come back. At least not. I'm saying Gavin. I'm saying the the little war that this started between Crowley and Rowena. Rowena right. enacting revenge against Crowley for making her kill her beloved son, her adoptive whatever son. Um, and that's the only reason why I think they chose to retcon this is to create more a, a bigger story and go into that direction pertaining to uh, Rowena and and Crowley and how they're going to interact with each other for the rest of the season. I think that's the redeeming element. But they could also have done it to where Sam and Dean don't remember and explain that for some reason Crowley remembers because he's a demon. He he goes against, you know, time and space because he's a demon. He's from another dimension. It doesn't affect them the same way. Yeah, time is different in hell. We know that. Yeah. So who, what does he fucking care? Right. That would have been a nice little easy fix to keep continuity straight. Yeah. Was he remembers it because obviously that's why they did it. They it needs to it's going to come back into play. Well, I mean, this clearly Crowley. the this, actions are foreshadowing events to come between Rowena and uh, Rowena and Crowley. Maybe not just Rowena and Crowley, but Crowley and the Winchesters because he is pissed at them when they propose the idea. Yeah, but you know what? Crowley, I think, can almost shrug it off and say the Winchesters are being the Winchesters. That's what they do. They're Boy Scouts. They're doing they're doing what they think is right. Possibly. Rowena was directly doing something to spite him 
Right. And her, she was had malicious intent, whereas the Winchesters had more of a, you know, they didn't have this any ill job. intent. Yeah. It could be that, but at the same time, I would, I think there might be more to it against the Winchesters simply due to the fact that Lucifer's now whispering in his ear, you know they're going to kill you. It's in their nature. Yeah. How long before this yeah. bites you in the ass? I could see you that. Know, yeah. This could be the thing where he's like, you know what, maybe Lucifer's got a point, which would play into Lucifer's characterization as a whole. The whisper in the in the back of your head that tells you you should do the things you really want to do. You know? Hmm. I think that would work, too, and, and set him off on a path, which we kind of yeah. need him. Like we said, he needs to shit or get off the pot, and this might be the thing this where he goes, thing. you know what, fuck you guys, fuck my, my mom, fuck everything, you know? Not Damn. like you're thinking, Ryan. Oh, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking something completely different. Yeah. So I was thinking that that fiction. was a bit. I know you were. That was a bit of a blight on this episode. But I think with that, guys, probably move into our final thoughts here. Okay. On this episode, Ryan, what about you? Uh, you know, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I, you know, if, we had talked about it before we went on air is the, the, the scenes with um, Mary and the scenes with Crowley and, and even Lucifer. I really dug. I thought they were well done. Um, I, I Mike mentioned it too off air, but the pacing was just so weird for this episode. It was kind of all over the place, and it was it was a little it was a little weird to me. I, I think the the thing that killed it for me, and it wasn't killed it like you know it wasn't oh my god the worst thing I've ever seen. But I think the 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 Gavin and all the, the he's just all of that right there kind of just threw the episode for me. Um, yeah, I still did enjoy the episode. Um, I enjoy, I'm actually enjoying what they're doing with Mary. It's kind of interesting, uh, kind of a, a direction, but I, I think it makes sense. I mean, Mike, you mentioned it with, with us kind of not knowing she kind of is a stranger to us. We only know, oh, the, yeah. we only know really the legend of Mary. We don't know the real person and we've only got, that sounds of, like the spinoff. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. The legend of the Mary. legend of Mary supernatural, mm. but I, I just, um, they're filling in gaps that we didn't know before, I think is the best way to describe it. Um, Mr. Catch is smooth and <laughs> I, I'm not like, I, I kind of, I don't like him, but I do like him. You like him as an evil bond. Villain. Yeah. Like he totally is a b- evil bond villain. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to describe him. Um, Kelly, I don't care. She should die soon. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, again, the, the episode wasn't like completely ruined or anything for me, but uh, man, if I had to, if I had to rate it, I mean, which I do, um, <laughs> I don't know, a B, a B minus, maybe a C plus. Uh, it just, it was, there was something about it. I think all the, obviously all the Crowley shots and Rowena and Lucifer were the redeeming factor of the episode, but the, the, just the story overall, the, 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 you know, monster of the week almost, but mixed in with other stuff. It just didn't work. I don't know. Felt I off. Just, yeah. It just felt off. All right. Mike, what about you? Uh, this episode was a, an example of them trying to do the right thing with an episode, and they're putting way too many of the right things yeah, in an episode, and then assigning the task to two writers who are not capable of pacing out an episode to fit all the elements that they want to convey to the audience. I think ultimately that's the problem. It comes down to writing. I think the ideas were great. There were scenes that I absolutely loved. All the myth arc related things were on point. But the way they were executed and written out, I, I felt like it was kind of, it was it was a bit sloppy. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, and I, I'm really disappointed that Gavin was brought back just like Adam Rose was brought back to play a very 
very small part. Uh, just not not a very interesting part. I, I we've been waiting for Gavin to come back for a very long time, and I thought he was going to have a greater importance. Um, and I'm hoping his his importance hasn't been kind of flushed down the tubes. I'm hoping that at least the Gavin element will help boost Crowley story this season, build up a better arc for his character this year. If that's their plan, then I can stand behind their decision. Ultimately, again, the episode at that point would probably be uh, a B for me. But then you introduce the time element, the time travel element that just I, I think was very lazy and um, you bring back a character just to kill him off and then you use time travel to fix it. I, I, I felt like there was a lot of lazy choices being made, unfortunately. Which I, I feel kind of my emotions are contradicting themselves because there's a lot of things I really did like the episode, but academically I have to say this episode's like a C. A C? Yeah. Yep. yeah. But, but, but there's lots of cool lore things in it. Yeah, that's yeah, which makes the nerd in me very happy. No, I agree. I think I agree with what you said, Mike, about bringing a character back just so that they can be written out in a in a really quick way when we feel like there's a lot more potential to them still, especially when we haven't seen them for three years. Just for them to say hi, bye immediately is is rather disappointing. The time travel element does not work and again it it messes it'd be one thing if they'd never done it before and they wanted to some establish some new rules but you've already established rules for time travel in this universe not just years ago but just last year and then to kind of whitewash over it make it or simply make a mistake like that feels off the pacing was a bit off although like you said the lore stuff was on point and as ryan said you know the Stuff with Crowley and Lucifer and and Mary seems to be going down the right path, and I like those elements. But ultimately, the drawbacks of this episode brought back pretty heavily, and the good stuff is not A level, A episode level, but it's still good. But for me, this yeah. one's going to be right in the middle. It's going to be a C plus for yeah. me as well. Um, really fast, VW in the chat room uh, has been posting this quite a bit, and um, he po he put Gavin was brought back so he could be sent back so Bobby can get the info about Crowley's human life. I yeah I listen. That was something the nerd the nerd me is on board. I get that, and that makes sense. But I don't think the writers were thinking, "Hey guys, we need to fix." Uh, what was that season seven when they had to find uh, Crowley? Season six, and that was summoning yeah, his six. ghost so that they could find his body. They didn't bring him back through time. No, he's saying that he had to be sent back in order to be a ghost so that he could find out Crowley's information. Oh, oh, oh. So this is why you leave time travel alone then, because yeah, you have fuck with you have questions like that. And that's cool. And if they were thinking that, hey, guys, we got to fix an F up that we did back in season, you know, two seasons ago. I've been going through the charts uh, and in season six, we have this one fuck up. And so let's, out of yeah. all the continuity issues that they might have that they had this week with time travel, I don't think that was one of I, don't, I honestly don't think the writers were thinking that I, I would be thinking that you would be thinking that, Thomas. But yeah. I, I don't think they were thinking that right. like, we got to bring Gavin back so we can fix it. I'm glad they did because now it does at least fix that because that would irk the hell out of me. No, I mean, I agree with that. But like you said, I don't think that's that was their main motive. But I this, think is this, you, more, this is why you this is why. No, it was it was let's wrap this element up that was left over from season nine. It was 
for it, they were looking at it short-sightedly. They weren't looking for the long game. They were looking at it as a way to create animosity between Crowley and Rowena. That's the simple facts. Yeah. But this is why you leave. Ultimately, you just leave time travel alone. It's, Do not get involved in time travel unless your entire show is future. designed yeah. for time travel. You don't just like, hey, let's introduce fucking time travel. Well, let's fix a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a valid point, though, that VW brings up. All right, guys. So a couple comments real quick. Carla says, I absolutely hate when the characters are brought back just so they can be killed off. Aww. I, I get that they want to give closure to some stories, but still, it's my least favorite writing tool. It serves no purpose. After my heart will go on episode, Cass let them remember everything about the Titanic mishap instead of erasing oh, their memories. She, he did? I don't remember exactly, but, okay, I but mean, Cass even made he, them. he allowed that he al- to happen okay. because of angel power. That's you okay. Know? I I I could have swore they didn't remember what was happening because remember Dean was in a car and he a different car it wasn't the Impala. It was a big deal. He'd even notice. So remember. yes, I yeah, I, I, I remember that, that episode. Yeah, I do remember that episode. But I I forgot the fact that Cass did. Uh, but right make there, them there's remember. a reason as to why they remember exactly. Uh, so instead of erasing their memories, maybe something like that could have happened here. Otherwise, how would they remember the details of an accident that never happened? Yep. Honestly, I don't believe in any way the writers think that we won't remember these things. They, that uh, uh, I think they don't remember things because they aren't fans like we are. They haven't watched the episodes fifty times each and what have do every you detail memorized down to the letter. <laughs> God, dude, right? That's so funny. Fuck. What still, do you it's still think? Fu- it's still I don't know. What do you shit. think? Yeah. Have you watched every any of the question. episodes? No. Oh, what do you think, though? <laughs> what do you think of your character and how Dean in season one? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. What if the writers were just like that, dude? Uh, so awful. Uh, they forget the tiny things that the fans don't, which creates a lot of little plot holes and the fans, or that the fans complain about. But maybe we need to be a teeny bit less obsessive about the minute details. I agree. They really, that really don't matter. Best things to come out of the episode were the setup for what's to come with Lucifer, the British Men of Letters, and Dagon. And, and you know what? Carla hit it right in the head at the end there when she said, maybe we can let the tiny things go. You know, we can let those things go. And that's kind of what I was saying. I'm like, I we're on season 12 and it's much like I always go into this little I always step in my soapbox here for things like this. But it's much like what they did with Star Wars and Star Trek. Sometimes you got to reboot things or retcon things in order for there to be a direction you can take your story. If you hope to have longevity to your franchise and you want to keep going, you're going to have to clear the path because because after 12 years with literally probably 50 different writers coming in and out total as, b- yeah. between the throughout the entire 12 year run, things are going to get a little messy. So I with the little things I'm I get it. I get retconning little things like little lore issues with certain some, monsters. Yeah, but the time travel thing. That's it's kind of a big deal, That's especially because it was just last season. It's a big thing. And the, I mean, accidentally, I think it was a, a nice bonus that, yes, what VW brought up, they did fix it, but they didn't. Not intentionally. Yeah. I, I'm just saying that like little things we can let go, but big things. I don't think we're being trolls. I think Carla said it. We're fans, you know, and we we do pick up on little on, on things like this and we could let the little things go. But Big things like that. I mean, of course we're going to bring it up. Of course we're going to talk about it. That's it's a big it's a big retcon. It's not just that. I mean, it's not even just supernatural. Other writers of any merit have done this. George R. R. Martin has said that he's had fans correct him on his own characters, eye eye color, hair color, 
who they're related to, you yeah. know, because there's so much going on right. in his books, and there's so much going on in 12 years of a show, when, yeah. again, you don't have everyone who's been there from day one. Right. So, some things we need to let slide now and then, like you said, a monster you have changer to. there, here or there. But I feel like the time travel, something you just touched you on last it. year, is such a paradox, and for whatever reason, time travel gets the internet aflame with conspiracy theories and here's yeah. i'm all of a sudden a quantum physicist and here's how it won't work and then there's a fucking black hole time then, travel's not possible science proved it right it gets boring on the internet real quick real fucking fast so it's just better not to touch that at yeah all. don't touch it <laughs> uh monica dennis says despite rowena's intentions i'm glad they sent gavin back for if for no other reason than he had been feeling terribly isolated but maybe he and Crowley spoke more often than we realized. Maybe his death will spark some new interesting anger in Crowley. Uh, Gavin is a sweet guy, but it's honestly not a loss to me. Still, the ramifications may be something to watch. This, you know, As we said, maybe that'll be something between him and Rowena for certain, but maybe between him and the Winchesters? We're not sure. Uh, Mr. Ketch, on the other hand, is growing on me more and more every episode. Yeah, He's man. clearly growing fond of Mary, but she's See? smart. I, said, I I didn't view it like that, but I can see how people did. Yeah. She knows how to put men in their place when they're hitting on her excessively. And I and just in case you guys, Mike, Thomas, and Ryan, don't think that's what he's doing, I might be convinced to defer to your experience in how men think, but my girly senses scream otherwise. What this episode left me with, uh, left me wishing is for the writers to start the very next episode right where they left off in that tension-filled bunker. Dean, I can predict, but Sam's exasperation would be something to behold. That would be kind of nice to to follow up right where that conversation kind of went be cool. dark, rather than say, you know, the traditional like, oh, mom's ever since she told us that, you know, I I don't want to see her, and that's why she's not in the episode. That would be kind of nice to jump right back into that and kind of see that fallout of how that's going to go down. But you know, we can't guarantee that, but we'll see. I don't know. I'd like to. I'd, I think that'd be good. Just because that will be a big thing. A big point right. of contention. Especially as they find out about Castiel and the Colt. Yeah, that's those are two huge those things. Those are too big for them right. not to have a serious falling out with. But we'll see. Uh, last little bit here, guys, is the discussion on the Reddit post about Kripke's five-year run. Uh, hold, and, hold on one second, Thomas. We're going to go oh, to a very quick break, oh. and then we'll come right back, guys. All right, good. Tonight, I'm going to have myself time I feel alive and the world I'm inside out I'm floating around in ecstasy Alright guys, we're back and we had a quick little discussion here and frankly the matter is we're at a little bit over two hours at this point already and this discussion with the Reddit is something that I know Mike and I talked about in depth before we even started this episode and it's really more involved than just a quick glance we, over yeah, we don't five wanna, minutes before we, don't we leave. gloss over it so what we're going to do with this one is we apologize if you've been waiting for the reddit post discussion but what we're actually going to do is we're going to do a helatus episode with this and when we say helatus we're not waiting until the summer we're going to do it very soon yeah. i just I, I just want to this this discussion uh, Stop Haunting did a lot of work on it, and I don't want to marginalize it by. All right, what do you think? What do you guys right, think? Bye. Five minute discussion, we're done. I want to actually go into this, delve into it, and discuss it. And unfortunately, we've we're already at two hours, so we're gonna. 
That's book, my we're going to bookmark <laughs> this topic and we're going to get into it in a, in a very soon future broadcast where it'll just be pretty much about that. Something that we can give it, you know, the full the full time um, it deserves. Exactly. And yeah. kind of go into Kripke versus maybe Gamble and Carver's even run at this point and make a little bit of a comparison. But so we want to, again, apologize if you guys have been waiting for that, but we will get that up as soon as we can manage to put that together. Again, it won't be summer, so don't worry about that. It'll be relatively soon. But guys, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Supernatural The Crossroads right now at two-hour mark, essentially. Thank you for being in the chat. If you were, thank you for listening live or on demand. (laughs) Thanks for listening to me butcher names all night. So, guys, we will see you all next week. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.